0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Talk Radio.
2: Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela omaros You know, over the last 10 years, aesthetic surgery procedures have increased at least by 500%. And in addition to this unprecedented increase in patient volume, it's also to be noted that patients are actually taking much more time to educate themselves about plastic surgery. And one of the the, the newest um, business companies on the horizon, and it's something that that has really come about, I think, um, as a result of patient, patient demand, is the need for increased and enhanced overnight care for a patient recovering from cosmetic surgery, especially within the first twenty four hours. So I'm really excited that today we have Amanda Ritchie, who is the co founder of Overnight R N, which is a leading post operative healing company and um, based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we also have Madeline Salada who is the clinical coordinator at Overnight R N. Amanda, Madeline, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. Hi,
3: thank
2: you. Yeah, well, you know, Amanda, I'm going to ask you this question first. I mean, and I guess before we even go into questions, um, Amanda, if you wouldn't mind, you know, giving us a little bit of background about Overnight RN for those listeners who are not yet familiar with you and, you know, your role in the company, the growth of the company, and then Madeline's role as clinical coordinator.
1: Right. So, um, overnight RN is we were basically focused on preoperative and postoperative care. There's a lot that goes on in preparing for surgery and there's a lot that goes on after surgery happens. And I think that patients, you know, they build up for the, the surgery to happen the morning of, and then it happens. And then a lot of things get lost after that. And they go home, you know, they, they, you know, had anesthesia, they're, you know, drugged up and, and they, you know, sometimes need that extra assistance and guidance. So what Overnight RN does is it provides that, care for someone um, that, you know, can't always find the a, a ride home. It can't, they can't always find someone to watch them the first night because you do, in fact, have to have a responsible adult with you for 24 hours following um, anesthesia. So, you know, we're doing these big operative like ambulatory surgery centers like procedures, outpatient surgeries, and patients are going home. And, you know, they're overwhelmed, and so we're kind of just assisting them and, you know, providing um, some assistance in um, in what they need at home and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, That's
2: great. That's great. So, you know, Amanda, in hiring nurses, because I, I do, you know, think from the physician's point of view, you know, um, they would agree that the patient definitely needs, you know, Adult supervision. In some cases, you know, of course, the more in-depth of surgery that a patient has, and the more need for expert medical care in that first 24 hours, um, I think is becoming much more prevalent. Um, but in hiring RNs to work with, you know, that apply to overnight RN, what are the qualities that you look for? I mean, I know that you were a nurse yourself, and um, I've been a recovery nurse in in various specialties, but, you know, primarily within the aesthetic arena. Um, So what are the qualities that you look for for the RNs that apply to overnight RNs?
1: Uh, Right. Well, like, for example, Madeline and I are both, you know, perioperative nurses. We have experience doing preoperative care, intraoperative care, postoperative care. You know, we've, we've been around the whole surgical journey, um, the perioperative experience and uh, and we are looking for nurses that are are very similar and um the nurses that we've hired have um you know that those critical thinking skills and they're they're well rounded um, they aren't um you know they're career nurses who have you know dedicated their lives to learning their trade and are are you know looking to pick up some extra shifts and um and just take on um take on patients that just need that extra support and guidance and they provide, our nurses provide um, help and, you know, watchful eye and someone who knows what's going on. I think Madeline might be able to answer this question a little bit better since she's a clinical coordinator. Uh, Madeline, what do you have?
3: well there there are definitively it's vital for the nurses that do work for overnight to have a comprehensive skill set and uh, we are we have a vetting process that we do look at, but there's also very important to integrate a lot of the intangibles but very vital intangibles into um our scope of practice, our teamwork, um, and in the community, you know, for the for the physicians and the communities and the patients um, that we ultimately are serving, um, those intangibles are not taught. That someone has it or someone does not have it. From integrity to critical thinking, um, communicativeness is is also a acquired skill. But I think it's also something that. Either someone has or wishes to to develop, um, and a pragmatic on you know think on your feet clinical and personal um, judgment to be able to provide the type of, of services and the quality of services that overnight RN um, will provide or does provide to our patients. Of course, organizational skills and, and an ability to to tap into uh, creativity. You're out in the field, you've, you've got to think, you don't have the backup of what um, some in-house or even outpatient surgical center um, uh, provisions uh, in, in facilities as such. So, you know, you, you get, you've got to be creative and you, you've really got to know how to think on your feet.
2: You know, and and People i would, yeah I would agree with that absolutely of- and i and I do um madeline, just to kind of continue in this bit, and I know you just gave me loads of kind of great qualities and critical thinking and 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 methods and organizational skills um um but i do want I do have one question that is still kind of within this 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 line is are there any kind of really particular qualities, all levels of experience you seek when it comes to recovering an aesthetic surgery patient. Is there anything different about this patient than other, you know, post-op patients?
3: I am, um, well, given my experience has been, you know, any general surgery, uh, vascular surgery, orthopedics, and I also have done aesthetics, um, specific to an aesthetic patient, um, I think if if you one wishes to profile for lack of a better term um they as they are being um their procedures are being done in an outpatient setting so hence they're not as ill as some of the patients that I have cared for yet the expectations um, also are a important fold into how it is that that, that they you know a, a pro, you know deal with the procedure especially post operative um, pain levels are important to address again expectations pain levels and and the, the realistic um, scope into how, you know, what's going to happen from here on out and how long is that going to take and why we are doing or what has happened to you or what's what the procedure entails is being done in the manner that it is. So education is vital. Being able to communicate is vital. Um, that's pretty much across the board. But with regard to an aesthetic patient, that that's going to have to, one may sound like a broken record, yet... Again, um, it is a stressful situation regardless of what procedure is being done. So one uh, I have found in my experience and in uh, my colleagues' experience, you're repeating a lot of things. Um, So it's it's important to be able to bring that patient to the present and to an understanding of what realistic expectations are with what just happened to them and what, what will happen to them in the near future.
1: I think that aesthetic nurses are really well-rounded and um, they're, you know, because they're able to do pre-op care and post-op care um, and their assessment skills need to be on point. Um, They need to, they need to have a really good understanding of what is needed before surgery and after surgery. And you know what, we're acting as the eyes and ears for the doctor. And when a patient would normally be calling the doctors and not fully understanding, you know, it's hard to understand patients sometimes they don't have the medical backgrounds that we have, you know, nurses and doctors, we speak in another language and a lot of these patients are calling and saying things and the doctors I don't think are totally understanding it. And the nurses have to be well-rounded enough to um, be concise and get to the point and um, help pre- like paint a clear picture for the doctor.
2: Yeah, you know, and I, I think, you know, one of the things that you you did just say was about the, the patient expectations, and, and I think mm-hmm. just by the very, you know, term of, you know, we do understand, of course, in the aesthetic industry that the patients that we're treating are coming to us because they choose to. They're not sick people, you know, they don't need mm-hmm. surgery. They want surgery, and, and and, I kind of have always felt there is a little bit of a, 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 a I don't quite know the right term for it. It's not confusing. This joint? It's, 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 it's or it's a naivete in you know with cosmetic surgery, there will be pain afterwards <laughs> you know, it will be major a little bit you know it's uh, right, and you know and so I, I do think you know with the like you said the expectations of the patient um, do and this is a question for both of you and, and so I'll let mm-hmm. you know which one of you or both of you answer this because do you feel on the part of the surgeon because they do you think that that's sometimes he or she may kind of overlook some of the important key patient expectations and differences when it comes to aftercare.
1: I think that surgeons, um, surgeons and patients sometimes when they're when they're talking there can be a there can be a real disconnect, and nurses kind of act as a translator between you know doctors and patients. Patients are really overwhelmed when they go to doctor's appointments. Um, they kind of they hear things and they prepare and, you know, they're listening, but then they go home and their lives begin again and they start everything else. And unless they wrote it down and like, you know, how many people go to a doctor's office and take really good notes of everything (laughs) someone says, like not a lot of people. And, you know, so then they go in and have surgery and then you know, it's crunch time and now they've got to remember everything and like, oh, where did I put that paperwork that has instructions on it? Like, I don't know. And so I think that, you know, nurses can act as, a, you know, a sounding board for the patients and can can intercept um, and um, manage patient expectations because patients do go in and they tell me all the time, oh, my doctor said I wouldn't be in pain. And I was like, you just had surgery. You just had surgery. You know, you, someone, you know, cut into your body, and I can't guarantee that you will have zero out of ten pain.
3: And I, I think this is preoperatively is also a very vital time to do um, patient education. I, I know that might sound trite or a bit bland, but that's that's a very important time that I believe greatly affects what happens interoperatively as well as what ha- happens immediately in the PACU and thereafter. And it's to be able to educate someone, hopefully um, in someone's home or office or a place that is familiar to them, if that's at all possible, I can alleviate as that stress and that level of of overwhelm that perhaps a patient may experience, as Amanda alluded to. Um, so preoperative is a, is a very vital time to do patient education as well as as an assessment of what could potentially. Our job is also to anticipate and anticipate as best as possible, and and that's very key. Um, in in this whole process for the success of of everyone
2: involved, especially the patient. Now, how often how often do you encounter in, and and you know whether it's in the past or more recently, but how often do you encounter patients who have inadequately prepared for their post surgical care? By, I mean I know somebody has to drive them home as you know they need to leave with a with a you know consenting. You know, adult. Um, but how often do you, have you found it that they haven't really, you know, thought that they do need round-the-clock care for the first 24 hours?
1: It happens all the a time. A lot. Stocking, <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's if I had a dollar for every patient that came in the morning of surgery and said, "Wait, what do you mean I can't drive myself home? I would, I would be rich." <laughs> you know, I. You know, <laughs> Patients are—they just, you know, they're so overwhelmed. They're getting fed so much information, and they take things like literally sometimes when they shouldn't take it literally and verbatim. Like they and they should kind of, you know, take things with a grain of salt. And doctors don't tell them always hard and fast rules. They tell them things that you know can bend and flow with with what is happening. And you have to, you know, decide as you go sometimes. And patients take things. Very literally, and and then sometimes they are so tunnel visioned onto one thing that the doctor said that they miss entirely that they can't drive themselves home. You know, they can't they can't do you know all these things. And so, so yeah, I I mean it's it's, it's fascinating how much it happens actually. Well, uh, the how another how do you manage sure that situation? Um, well, unfortunately, that, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take this one, Madeline. I, okay. I just, sure, sure. When I have when I have patients that have that come in and have you know forgotten things um, the morning of surgery, you know, and then they have, I, I manage it basically by if if I have to. I have to advocate for my patient. That's my job, right, to advocate for the patient and make sure that things are happening. And if the patient don't understand what they need to do preoperatively, I, I, can't, I can't in good conscience allow the surgery to continue. And so I have, you know, been involved with cases where cases have been canceled because patients don't have rides home or they don't have someone to help them at home. And I can't in good conscience have someone have surgery and then not, have the right um, things prepared for them afterwards. I don't know. What do you think, Madeline? Oh, well, yes, yeah,
3: so, so that would be a, a huge
2: advocated. cost and inconvenience as well, wouldn't it, to the doctor? So it, would, it makes sense to, to really kind of make sure that they've you know, dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's in terms of, of pre education of that patient, pre surgery.
0: Oh yeah,
1: Tulane University actually did a study and they figured out that when a surgery is cancelled on the morning of the procedure, it actually costs the um surgeons around two to five thousand dollars.
2: Of course, of course. I mean everything's in place and then you can't do the surgery. So so yeah, so that so Um, kind of having an overnight RN nurse be involved, you know, from the get-go, pre- and post-surgery, can actually save the doctor money in the long run um, in terms of of possible canceled procedures.
3: Well, I I think it it affects a a lot of different aspects, not just just financially, but it also, you know, on, on one aspect of it, perhaps another person could have also had a surgery on that particular day. Exactly. Versus someone who's and it's it's unlike something like I've I've done a lot of inpatient um, surgery uh, inpatient surgeries and it, it's not like our you know, our boards are always full and always running um, some facilities are twenty four hours a day seven days a week it, it's unlike oh well we can call so-and-so orthopedic surgeon who has an add-on and, you know, bring someone else in, it, there is an added cost and an added time to that, yet, you know, we can put someone in that particular um, spot or room or however you want to refer to it. In an outpatient aesthetic setting, that's not as readily accessible that's not something that that can happen there is the fiscal aspect of it but there's also a matter of a lot of logistics Um, perhaps this person has also taken time off from work and then they can't take any more time off from work or you know why are that 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 situation is also something that a lot of times I have found is not truly addressed or put on the table, like all that encompasses what it takes to arrange to have someone have surgery, aesthetic or otherwise.
2: So it really is in the surgeon's, of course, benefit to hire the very best in terms of pre- and operative care. Um, and, And obviously... You know, many practices can't really afford to have a full-time nurse working with them, and that full-time nurse certainly would not be able to, um, you know, go home with every single patient, you know, every day (laughs) from the practice anyway. And so it does make sense for them to use an outside service such as yours, Overnight RN, that obviously has, you know, like the best to offer in terms of, you know, vetted, educated, you know, um, fully prepared nursing staff.
3: I I think that's important. I I believe that 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 is um, a good point to bring up. Another point that um, I, you know, would like to table too is I think it would be a good idea to have those boundaries set. Uh, the surgeon has their boundaries and with the patient um the clinical nurse who is employed by the physician has his or her boundaries with the patient and we have our boundaries with what we have to do that just makes things very clear and and i believe will affect a flow of care and a continu con, con- i'm i'm not able to speak because i didn't have continuity <laughs> <but laughs> a continuum of care that will also be hopefully interpreted to the patient, the client, the customer, however you want to refer to them, the patient, in a means of, oh, so Amanda or Madeline is with overnight, they did this for me. Clinical nurse so-and-so can answer this for me, and the physician is this for me, to me. And so there's a clarity, a boundary, and, and the gray areas are a a still evident, they're still there, yet they're not as overwhelming. And, and it's, it's, it's an educational process for the patient, yet I believe it would, be, it would serve them much better to, to have that clarity and those boundaries. Um, sometimes in aesthetic surgery, that's a difficult thing to maintain.
2: Now, you know, um, and I'm kind of, I, you know, this was a question I would normally have asked a bit later in our, in our conversation, but I think I want to ask it now because it does take us into this realm and kind of skipping forward a little bit here in pre- protecting your surgeon's clients and their practices and, and then their brand and professional reputation with professional and qualified overnight nurses, you know, we all agree is of, is of utmost importance, um, but do you feel that because, you know, I know one of the things that you've just kind of touched on, and and I understand you've been working extremely, you know, with the whole, like you said, the boundaries. um, And and with Mm -hmm. that, I take it to the policy and procedure requirements and standards that Overnight RN has really been kind of making. And and I think, um, you know, this is something, Madeline, that you've been very involved in, is that whole policy and procedure requirements Mm -hmm. and standards. Of overnight RN that that um, are above most industry standards. I I think is that is that the case.
3: We we do um, we when when this was brought forth to me and Amanda and I spent you know quite a, a bit of time discussing their their goals and our goals for overnight RN. Yes, our our policies and procedures. Have to also reflect what the industry standard is, but it it does it's it's not a matter of overnight r n being um, adhering to minimal standards. we do want to excel we want to be the precedent in this industry for what it is we do um I believe that if that can be exuded from the likes of Amanda and Michael and myself and others involved, um, inclusive of our medical director, it will only flow through the entire team, and it will—it it is a team effort. I, I, Because a nurse is out there um, caring for a patient um, on their own, quote-unquote, that doesn't mean that there isn't a team surrounding them and supporting them and would be at the ready to do what, what it requires. So, yes, we want to excel and ex- excel extend what it is that is expected out there in the community for for patient care, um, aside from the whole aesthetic aspect. I mean, patient care, human care, that's what we want to establish for ourselves and for the people we care for and work with.
1: I think that, like, you know, healthcare is a, a big, a hot topic right now. Healthcare has been a fee-for-service sort of a thing where, you know, you go in and you have something done and you pay for it and, like, it's over. But now we're going to value-based care. And we're, we're starting to think, like, okay, you know, I'm not going to just turn these patients out. I'm not just – it's not – we're not, you know, going in and getting them out as quickly as possible. There is a thought process that needs to be happening around this. And I think that um, we bring a lot of value um, to the offices. I think about that if surgeons are able to have their patients take home a medical professional, like, how amazing is that? Like, a surgeon just gets a nurse to, like, go home with their patient, be the eyes and ears for them at no cost to the surgeon. And, you know, of course you would want to lose the benefits of those rewards. The surgeons have, like, access to skilled nurses who know what to look for. We streamline communications between doctors and patients because a lot of times it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf you know, it's patients see are, you know, see their, that their incision is pink and they see the pink as red and they think red is inflammation and red is, you know, infection. And the nurses are there and can actually, you know, help translate what the patients are trying to tell the doctors and they can clarify things for the doctors. It's like, why would you, you know, why would you not want to have that? I think that that's you know, an amazing thing to have at the bedside. You have patients calling you all the time in a panic and they don't know, they don't know how to explain what's happening to them. I had a patient actually last night who I was doing a dressing change and I knew that their dressing, their incisions looked normal, but I could see how an untrained mind would think, you know, oh, that actually could be an infection because, you know how things like tend to look an untrained person lay person would see would see an infection when I actually saw you know a great feeling.
2: you know we have just about four minutes left on the show, and I have thousands of questions to ask <laughs> you and so and um, and I know you've got just kind of loads of information to give out to our listeners, and um, but I just it's, quickly want to ask a rapid couple of It's time, Angela. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one one of which is you know I, like Overnight RN appears to work with a number of you know very high profile successful aesthetic surgeons, and without you disclosing any names of of your your customers, um, how easy was it for a doctor to transition over to using the services of Overnight RN?
1: It's been, it's been really easy, actually. Um, the doctors, basically, the, we want to know the doctors. We want to know how the surgeons work. Every surgeon has a certain way of doing things. Uh, it's. You know, it's it's been it's been great like working with the doctors closely because we are able to learn how they like things and what their you know, specific orders are and we're able you know, some doctors want a pillow after a facelift and other doctors want no pillow. You know, and, and so we're able we're able to help that with the doctors and the surgeons setting up um, relationships with the surgeons has been great. It's been easy. Um, if any surgeons want to contact us, we actually have an um, an email info at overnightrn.com, and they can reach out to us, and we can establish a relationship with them. And when we establish the relationship, that's when you know we can we can move forward and take care of their patients in an effective manner. And then, in, and then, in terms of
2: patients, do patients have a contact overnight RN directly, and then tell their surgeon that they want to recover with you know one of your nurses? You know, we I do, would it's,
1: say you're yeah. available both. Yeah, both are available. Yeah. It's we work closely with the surgeons, and then we work um, also with the patients. So I have I have both patients um, can also you know email info at overnightrn.com. There's also a phone number that we have four one five three six five zero zero one eight and patients can call in and they can speak to a medical professional or they can speak to, you know, someone that's more business minded and kind of answer more questions like that. Um, so they, uh, that's uh, a huge opportunity.
3: I think it'd be very empowering. If I were a patient, I think I would feel very empowered to be able to set something like that up myself um, so, so I, agree. I, I, I i i i encourage i highly encourage um patients who um e- even have a, an inquiry and we could further educate them in that manner but i think it would be very important and very empowering for them to also have that capacity um to do that
2: yeah well, you know, and you know we did talk a little bit earlier. again we've got we've got just about a minute left on the show, and so I do think for the patients out there and the doctors out there, you know that obviously you know recovery and you know without a good recovery you you know you can expect a good result, and so that's something you know that obviously we we really want to put a lot of emphasis on um so, but in a in a nutshell, is there anything you know in terms of you know obviously why anesthetic surgeons need to hire the best um just the last a last little thing from either of you that you know that we haven't covered
1: uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that you know, healthcare should be a, it's a team effort. You need you need the nurses involved. You need the doctors involved. You need the patients involved. It's not you know one person or another. We all need to be a team, and I think that that's really important to remember. And sometimes you know, doctors and patients do need a translator. They do need a nurse to help translates, and that's okay. That's okay. Like I think that I think that it's a great opportunity to work together. Absolutely. And
3: I believe hiring the best equates to ensuring the safety and well-being of the patients as
2: well as the well-being of the entire team.
3: And, and you know, with that, I would forward. like to
2: just ask you one more time for doctors and patients out there who are interested in the overnight, you know, nursing services of overnight RN, um,
1: how can they, they reach you? Uh we can be reached by um email at info at overnight dot com or you can go to our website www.overnightrn.com dot www. dot um dot com and then the phone number is four one five three six five zero zero one eight. Um but the the best way is just to go to the website overnightrn.com dot com and um, you can get hooked up with us um, through that. So.
2: Well, Amanda Ritchie, co-founder of Overnight RN, and Madeline uh, Salada, a clinical coordinator at Overnight RN, thank you both so much for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'd love to have you both back on as guests again sometime in the future.
3: Fantastic. That would be it's a great. Pleasure. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great day, girls. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. You too. Bye.